Today on Packet Pushers, a cloud migration you might not have considered before. Your PBX. PBX in the cloud? Risky, you think. Complicated, you think. Voice quality, you think. And those are reasonable thoughts popping into your head. So to help us talk through the risks and rewards of putting your PBX in the cloud is Richard DeFabritis, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Sonus Networks, our sponsor for today's show. And in this discussion, we'll focus on Microsoft's Office 365 cloud PBX and how Sonus can help you with that. So, Rich, welcome to the show, and uh, I want to jump right into things. Why would you move your PBX to the cloud? Yeah, Ethan, uh, thanks for having me, and uh, glad to be here today. So, why move your PBX to the cloud? Well, I mean, there's a multitude of reasons, and one thing we'll, we'll say right off the bat, uh, you know, no uh, one size or strategy fits all. But in today's business model, you know, if you're moving out, if you're an old man like me, you're moving out of sort of the bricks and mortar model of, of running a business. Um, small and mid-sized businesses, they need to know, you know, they can hire talent wherever, whenever. They're really looking to minimize capital expenditures. Uh, a primary concern for a small and mid-sized or even larger enterprises is, you know, they want to make payroll, right? They, they, they don't want to spend money on things that they don't necessarily need or aren't going to improve their bottom line or their top line. They start to think more about things like disaster recovery. So what happens if there's a critical outage? Can they recover quicker because a dropped call, lost call, that's a direct impact to their to their revenue. Um, and then that impacts obviously their cash flow and their ability to make payroll and so on and so forth. So when you when you pull things like that together and you look at the efficiencies of moving to the cloud, um, it really is almost a no-brainer, right? The only thing sort of holding the, the small mid-sized enterprise back is yeah, maybe a little bit of a hesitation or fear behind mm. what would happen when they move things to the cloud. They generally like to have what we call local control, right? They like everything on-prem, but you know they're slowly starting to release from that. I mean, the PBX sounds like the kind of a thing you would really want to have in-house. You've got your trunk lines coming in, you've got your, uh, your DID uh, numbers, and, and all these things that are peculiar and special to your business that you've lovingly and handcraftedly built. Uh, I don't think handcraftedly is a word, uh, but you've, you've built this <laughs> very special phone system over the years that works just the way you want it to, and you've got IP phones out on the desk, perhaps, and a voicemail system, and all these things kind of built around that PBX, that outsourcing to this cloud kind of... I mean, it's not intuitive right away, but I mean, a few things you brought out there. I mean, you said, uh, you know, CapEx. I mean, in other words, if I go and obtain my own PBX, that is still a pretty darn expensive proposition. Absolutely. And, and imagine, if, let's take a scenario, right? So I'm based in New Jersey. And Ethan, I don't know where you're based. Let's just say you're in California. I'll make this up, right? Um, and I want to bring you on board. You do great work. I really want to hire you. You know, again, 30, 40 years ago, I'm sort of restricted, right? If I want to have you on an internal dial plan, it, it's challenging. I'm going to have to buy equipment. I'm going to have to send it out to you. You're going to have to have it installed locally. You know, we come to the modern day and we say, you know, that just mo that model doesn't work for me. You know, I simply don't want to spend the money. I don't want to lose the time. I want to bring you on board as quickly as possible. How do I do that? You know, and that's happening, you know, at a far greater rate than I think people imagine. If I, if I were to look at Sonus as a company, as an example, um, we fit that mold T 
to a T. We ended up acquiring a couple of other companies. They were operating on completely different equipment than we were for a short period of time. If I wanted to dial somebody in an intra-office dial plan, I literally had to dial nine to get out. So I was making an external call to call someone internal to my, to my company. You know, that model is just very inefficient. So if you took it, you know, from a cloud PBX perspective, I now want to hire Ethan Banks. You know, all I do is turn you up, provision you through, you know, the cloud PBX or through the management interface. You're pretty much away you go. Once you have a laptop, you have a headset, you download a client or you're just using a cloud-based model. You know, it's, it's, it's easy as that. I think it's also important to consider that these PBXs, Ethan, have a very large sunk cost. They've been bought, you know, over the decades probably. <laughs> hmm. And, you know, there's a huge investment there that's sitting on the books and just tossing them in the bin isn't always practical. And also don't underestimate the resistance of people to change. That is, um, people don't want to learn how to use a new handset. A lot of people don't like mobile phones. They don't like making calls to customers on mobile phones, or maybe they want a headset that goes on their head so they don't they can do hands-free calling. There's a whole bunch of things, um, sadly, that mobile telephony hasn't quite yet solved. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, you are you'd be surprised, and I'm sure you guys realize this. There's sort of a cultural barrier that people just can't seem to get over. And if you're operating a business and you say to a group of folks in a call center, okay, maybe that's not the best analogy because they'd be more used to putting a headset on. But somebody in a call center where they're using phones, you now have to switch over to using a laptop and a headset. It, it's a little bit of a shock to them. You know, I, I consider my own experience with it. You know, I, I worked for a pretty large uh, PBX uh, vendor. Um, we started using Skype internally for you know, messaging and collaboration, and we use it for intra-office calls. And uh, it was different. You know, if you're used to putting your hands on a heads handset and you move to a headset and you're you're managing everything through a laptop, it's a change. So I agree with that 100 percent. And that's part of the reason why we're seeing sort of a slower migration. It's not a jump in cannonball in the deep end of the water. Thing. Well, and, and to a large extent, telephony is not a, not a not a broken thing. Like it's, 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 it's working and it's, it's, and there's no, not too much enhancement you can actually do on voice calls. You know, and although my personal frustration is that voice calls are something that only need to be used for certain types of meetings or certain types of, you know, sessions, but they are what they are. You can't deny that, you know. Right. Agreed. Rich, are we saying that I'm limited to a soft client on my laptop uh, just because I use a cloud PBX? I mean, I could still have a hard handset on my desk that uh, stands up an IP session to that cloud-based PBX, could I not? Sure. You could even download a, you know, a client on your mobile phone and do the same. Right? Hmm. You're not limited in, ter- in terms of the interface. I generally tend to talk about the laptop and the headset because that's the way I use it. Hmm. And, uh, and to be perfectly honest, for you know, an old dog like myself, uh, it's great, right? It, <laughs> I, I said, what's a handset, right? I don't use them anymore. So, but, but yeah, absolutely, Ethan, you're definitely not limited. Um, but some of that is the education that has to happen for, as Greg mentioned, there's sort of that fear of change. Some of that's what needs to occur, you know, so it does you're not limited feel- by any- it does still feel like a risky move to, to put the PBX on, uh, up in the cloud in the sense of uh, just voice quality. I mean, isn't there a risk that if I'm now pumping my voice traffic across the public Internet from wherever I am, that uh, I'm going to have uh, potentially significant voice quality issues? Uh, you know, there's no doubt that the potential does exist. And, I, and I'd say, generally speaking, 
you know, Greg referred to, you know, telephony and general works, you know, five nines and all that. Um, but a lot of improvement has been made to the technology that, you know, what kind of voice quality issues you may see are going to be pretty minor. You know, you might have a little bit of, you know, jitter or delay on a call, but more or less, it's not going to impact you, I think, at a, at a massive scale, enough to cause the fear of making the move. But, but absolutely, mm. the risk is there, right? There's no denying that it does exist. Um, and the fear but again, again is that's more. I, I mean, I think the tolerance of users of voice has gone up uh, some where yes. it's, it's okay if there's occasionally a hiccup, you know, a little bit Absolutely. of jitter, a little bit of a burp, because so many people are using Skype now or using other sorts of uh, voice tools that that happens once in a while. And it turns out it's not the end of the world uh, when something yeah. like that happens, as long as it's not, you know, killing you for the entirety of the call. Yeah. As long as it's not, a, you know, you're not going to see a lot of dropped calls, right? I mean, you know, like you said, a hiccup here or there is not going to be a problem. It's a dropped or a lost call that might be, but you just don't see that. They like said the technology has been around long enough, you know, going back mm. to Link and prior to that OCS, um, that it's very robust. And, uh, you know, again, all three of us here, I think, are using Skype as a primary platform. I, I'm certainly using it, and uh, I've been using it as a primary platform for voice for over five years now with no loss of productivity. But, yeah, you know, the outside risk is there. I think it's more of a FUD risk mm. than it's a real risk. Hmm. Well, it used to be the saying as well, the CEO's voice call, it's got to work just like his old phone, you know, and there was always, this is going back 10, 15 years when IP voice was getting rolled out uh, in enterprises pretty heavily. But uh, if the CEO's voice call isn't exactly like his old phone, he's going to gripe, you know, if there's anything, so we got to have, you know, quality right. of service and all the rest. Now we're, now right. we've actually advanced this to the point of, yeah, we can tolerate a little bit so much so that we can actually push voice calls all across the internet and be okay with that if there's an occasional hiccup now and again. So, and and then the yeah, convenience fact that you get out of it, just being able to, as you said, put a remote worker anywhere and light them up and have them on the corporate phone system and the, the four digit dial plan, et cetera. That's, that's significant. That's nice to be able to have them uh, be able to take part that way and have it be an easy thing to get done. And, and to do it with a very minimal investment, right? So you're telling this, business owner or you know the, the decision makers within the business look you know what you have to lay out up front is relatively minimal you presumably you're already using and let's just take for an example using office 365 for applications like word or powerpoint or whatever you're already there right you're halfway there you're more than halfway there mm. now it's simply turning on a license you know and getting that user provision with the laptop and the headset which is you know pretty much going to happen anyways. Now you can turn this person on, you can set them up with preferences any way they want to, or they can do their own individual preferences. It's very easy to do. And it's very easy to do. And, not, and with minimal outlay, that's very attractive to the business, right? Because as we said, you know, Greg, you kind of referred to it earlier, you know, PBX is sunk cost. They're going to keep that, but they're hesitant to say, wow, I got to spend another, pick the number, $1,000 to turn on a user. Well, I, I can't do that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Very attractive for yeah, and I think there's also, there's things like, uh, you know, we'll touch on this more in a minute, but um, one of the key things that Sonus Networks does is that you do things like 
keep dial plans. So if you've got an organization that has a dial plan and everybody's got a four-digit extension, whatever that dial plan might be, you know, if you know what a dial plan is, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, the, the part of the Sonus Network software is this ability to retain your existing dial plans or to merge companies together. So companies who've got a dial plan with a three-digit di- three code, it merges with a big company who buys them out, who's got a five-digit code, you can actually match those dial plans together so that people don't even know their numbers are changing, but now they're all part of one big network. Exactly. It makes it very easy, again, to, to do that transition really at the business's own speed, right? And I, I often make the analogy, I think I kind of referred to it earlier, but when we were kids, you know, you, you, it's a hot day, you're, you're by a cold pool, are you the type that cannonballs in the deep end, or are you the kind that kind of dips your toe in and goes in slowly? <laughs> a lot of these businesses are going in slowly. They're saying, hey, 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 don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And you're absolutely right, Greg, with the Sonus SBC mm-hmm. in place, we help do that uh, normalization of the dial plan. We help integrate, you know, multi-vendor PBX equipment as well as integrate Skype for Business. So now you have sort of this homogenous view of the world. Everyone yeah. might be using a little bit of a different platform or a few different people using a different platform. It doesn't matter. Internally to the folks that are using the systems of their choice or what they're on, they're operating like they did, you know, before. Mm. And, you know, they're kind of taking that step into the future, if you will. Yeah, they don't have to suddenly relearn a new extensions for every yeah. single person and start using a lookup. And that's really exactly. key. Now, I think I think there's a link here between the session border controller or the SPC um, and that concept of, you know, a box that maps between two systems and connects it together and what you're doing with Microsoft's um, unified comms in terms of their and your SDN capabilities. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, I don't know if we wanted to jump into that now, but one of the things that we are uh, doing very closely with Microsoft is they recently announced something or launched a product called Cloud Connector Edition, which is software free of download that allows an enterprise to leverage their existing PSTN connectivity coming into their prem with cloud PBX. So the conundrum or the or that great divide that they needed to get enterprise over, they say, hey, I already have a relationship with, pick the service provider, you know, it's AT&T, it's Verizon or whomever. I don't really want to get rid of that. And everything I have already works fine, but I'm looking to start to move or bring on any new users in the cloud. We're very interested in cloud PBX. How do I marry the two? How do I get those two worlds together? Now, Microsoft offers their own PSTN connectivity through the cloud, but they recognize that that's going to have a lower adoption rate. So Cloud Connector Edition is really that bridge that gets you from on-prem into the cloud, leveraging PSTN connectivity. What we've done is we've taken that Cloud Connector Edition software and we've embedded it on what we call our application solution module, or basically a single board computer that resides within the SBC 1000 or SBC 2000 itself. We created an appliance we call Sonus CloudLink. Basically, you have this single appliance that has Cloud Connector Edition preloaded on it. We use a wizard-based GUI setup system that significantly reduces the time to provision or get you up and running on Cloud PBX. Uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting or it's a nice paradigm for that enterprise that's saying, okay, I'm interested, um, but now you're telling me it's you know one to two days of setup time. That's disruption to my business. I'm really 
I don't want that. What I want is something that just drops in and does all these other things as well. That's what we're doing with the with the SBC. Now, now, just to back up a second, without the SBC, you were talking about the one to two day setup time. That's a turnoff for people. Those are folks that you know they were. Let's talk about Microsoft Cloud PBX directly. That one to two day setup time is uh, is an issue because what provisioning uh, provisioning connections to the plain old telephone system. Yeah, there's a few things there, right? You know, one first and foremost is they have to now source different pieces of equipment and licenses or software, right? So they need a server. Um, they're going to need to download the Cloud Connector Edition software. Presumably, they have a partner that does this, but but let's say someone has to do it, right? They need to get uh, you know antivirus software, Windows. They need Hyper-V licenses. Once that's all taken care of, paid for, you know, and procured and sent out to the site. Um, or wherever it's being you know, set up or implemented, that's then when the, the, the partner or the person doing the installation needs that one to two days to set everything up. Well, you know, I know quite a few partners and what they generally tend to do is they'll work on off hours, right? They'll work late at night or they'll work on weekends because the business owner says or the decision makers say, we can't have that level of disruption to our business. Now, mm-hmm. while they're setting up the server, it's not really that big of a deal. Once they do the cutover, you know, it's kind of, yeah, okay, we have to take some time to do this. You're going to have to do it either way, um, but preferably they'd rather have it done very quickly. I think the secondary thing is, you know, we used to laugh about this back in my old you know, PBX days. Uh, I had been in a few competitive uh, situations, and one of our competitors, I won't name them, they had a proposal that basically had like one or two line items. You know, and, and my old company, we had something like 15 line items. The bottom line price was exactly the same, but the end customer couldn't get past the idea that there were all these different line items on a proposal or on, you know, why do I need all this extra equipment? You're basically nickel and diming me, right? Really wasn't the case, but that's the sort of mindset or the mentality. Well, the same thing sort of applies here. I said, you know, earlier when we spoke, it's like a single pane of glass. Maybe that's more from a management perspective, but a single throat to choke concept. You have one appliance that has all of those items on it. So you're saying to this end customer, instead of buying an SBC separately, a server separately, the software separately, getting the licenses, paying for the you know the tech to come out, install and provision all this stuff, you're buying one appliance, and all they have to do is set that. That's like buying Lego out. bricks. Usually, when you buy Lego bricks, you need to buy 17 different boxes to That's be able right. to build a single thing. Right? <laughs> That's and right. then you've got to know that you've got all 17, and they're blah blah blah, and then you end up yeah, going, exactly. "What am I doing?" And I'm like, yeah. Sort of, well, I don't even understand why people play with Lego bricks, but that's a, that's another day. Um, <laughs> yeah, another story for another day. Sort of right? saying you're one single negotiation, one one invoice, if you like. You know exactly how much it's going to cost you. Boom, there's your right. gateway to Microsoft uh, Skype for business. Yes, correct. Yeah. You were talking about using a uh, you know a partner or an integrator or something to do this installation. I mean, is this you know, a lot of the folks that listen to this show would go be like, I can do that myself, and I will. Is that a wise thing to plan on taking on a, a cloud PBX migration project like this on your own? I mean, if you if you are highly technical and you have the experience, you know, obviously it's something you know that you can consider doing. It's it's not so overwhelmingly difficult that one couldn't. However, you know, and I think Microsoft would concur with this, you know, Sonus is certainly a company that says, you know, we have partners that are trained specifically on our solutions and Microsoft very much the same. And there's a, a tremendous amount of crossover, right? So, so 
our Sonus partners are also Microsoft partners, it's best to leave it in their hands to, to work because should they come across an issue, you know, they're better positioned to get the support that they need to rectify the problem if there is one along the way. Um, but, you know, that, that's certainly up to the enterprise. I find personally, you know, from a Sonus perspective, we don't see a lot of enterprises taking the task upon themselves. They, they generally will outsource it to the partner. And even if you have the skill, do you have the time? Exactly. I mean, it's all about productivity and efficiency here, right? You know, presumably you have a day job. If you don't, then, you know, have at it, right? No, the last few IPT projects I was involved in, I didn't get involved too much except to roll out a QoS right. scheme because, geez, who's got that kind of time to figure out all this stuff and set up dial plans yeah. and voice? Nah, just bring in someone, bring in the heavy to, uh, to do all that kind of stuff for me and uh, just hand yeah, it and off and when it's done. that's their focus. Right. That's their focus, right? It's sort of, you know, I'm a car buff. So, you know, and I can work on a car, you know, myself, no problem. I think my daily driver, you know, it's a Kia. Very easy to work on, but uh, I'm not a Ferrari mechanic either, right? So if I owned a Ferrari, you know, I'd have a, a Ferrari specialist working on that rather than a generalist. You know, I think that that's sort of the situation here. Um, the technology itself, and if you're very technically minded, it's not difficult to understand, it is, you know, some degree of work, but you take a, a Microsoft or a Sonus partner, this is what they do every day, right? So you really want that person to, to you know, do the setup, do the implementation, and away you go. And then again, if you run into any hiccups, if you don't have the time for that, it's just delaying that project even more. I'd say, you know, leave it in their hands and they can take care of it very quickly. So, Rich, are there, uh, you, you mean, you've seen a lot of customers and done a lot of implementations here with this uh, solution. Okay. So, is there a customer that is really well suited to the Microsoft Cloud PBX offering and maybe some customers who aren't so well suited? You know, it really depends. I can't say definitively that there's one customer that it's best for and not best for. You have to look at the use case. I mean, I think the most important thing is understand what it is you're trying to do. What do you have on-prem today? You know, do you need to retain that solution? Is there value in moving to the cloud? You understand also that if you move to cloud PBX, there are certain features or functionality that it doesn't have yet. So if you have something like a, a call center where you need a, a call distribution or you need to do call recording, it doesn't support those features, right? So you have to look at the use case and say to yourself, what is it that we want to do? Um, if Cloud PBX meets you know, the needs that you have, then you'd be the right candidate. You know, if it, if it doesn't, you wouldn't. I know that sounds sort of okay. like a pop-out, but well, you, no, what, it, you'll find it. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. It, well, it's a fair point to, to say that, okay, just because it's a Microsoft offering, it may not have every feature and checkbox under the sun right. that you're looking for, and therefore it is, like anything, incumbent on you as the uh, the business to vet the solution and make sure it does everything you want. And, and you just pointed right. out some things that someone might assume, well, of course I can. What do you mean I can't do call recording? You know, that might be a thing right. that you just assume is there that it, in fact is not. Right. Right. And, and, and then on top of all that, right, we sort of alluded to it earlier, the three of us, you know, is there uh, you know, sort of a culture there or the users ready for the change? Right. You know, if you are, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a pizza shop. Right. I mean, that's one of my favorite small business analogies. You know, is that is that the type of business that's, you know, the right business for uh, cloud PBX? 
probably not. You know, they've got a cheap and cheerful key system, something that they need, you know, to work 24 uh, seven. You know, it's all reliable. They haven't changed that thing in years. And guess, you know, their partner has never made a call on them other than, you know, how are you doing? Yeah, we're great. You know, leave me alone. Come back next year. Right. That's not the typical cloud PBX type environment. It's the customer. It's the business that is, you know, beyond the regional business, probably a little bit more of a national or a global type of a business. One that is, you know, in, uh, you know, what maybe more, a more advanced vertical, their healthcare, their financial company. You know, they're not a, a, a you know, a small uh, strip mall type business. Not that it wouldn't work with them, but, you know, there's one that has like a mobile sales force. That sales force is located all over the country. They're going to be more likely to, to go or move forward with something like cloud PBX or, or any kind of a cloud communication type offer. I'd say, you know, even I go so far to say call centers are, are you know, we're seeing more and more call centers move to cloud-based type communications. It may not necessarily be cloud PBX, but, uh, you know, those are the type of businesses that are going to be thinking about it. The, the, you know, the typical mom and pop shop's not going to be the one that goes for it. But, right. You're making a point here that if you're in one location, particularly if there's a small number of endpoints in that phone system, you, what's the point of cloud PBX at that point? It's not, it's right. not a great fit. It's not really what the technology right. is where, where you're going to get any gains. But again, you, right. you, you pointed out when you're spread out all over the place and you need that uh, quick ramp up time and uh, you don't want to spend big on you know, PBXs on campus uh, for all right. your different campuses, this is a, you know, a very plausible kind of a fit. Uh, Rich, I want to talk about the, uh, the transition process here. Okay, I've got a, my, I'll call it my legacy PBX system internally. I've got hundreds or thousands of phones that have been deployed or endpoints of some flavor, and I'm going to start using cloud PBX. How do I, how does that transition work? We talked a little bit about it earlier. Yeah, I mean, you know, right off the bat, you know, first and foremost, as I said, if you've got legacy PBX, you've got, you know, quite a few handsets or, or extensions off of that PBX. You know, we spoke earlier, we said, you know, the, the business is not going to get rid of that. You know, rare is it going to be a case where someone says, you know, what, I'm done. You know, I just spent, pick a number, you know, $50,000 over the course of some period of time. Yes, I've gotten a return on my investment, but I'm not getting rid of it. It works, right? So what do I do now? Well, you know, the, the, the biggest issue or the biggest question you've got to ask yourself is, uh, you know, where am I getting PSTN access from? You know, I can't simply say, hey, I've got cloud PBX somewhere along the way. I've got to get a connection to the PSTN, right? I've got it here sitting, coming into my PBX. So the first step there is, you know, if you're thinking about Cloud Connector Edition, as I said, Microsoft launched that. Now you say to yourself, okay, is this something I want to take upon myself? Do I hire someone to do this? Um, on top of that, then you say to yourself, do I have uh, a single campus? I think we talked about this just a second ago. Just, well, let's just pause campuses. for a second here. I mean, so it sounds yeah. like the topology we're laying out is where the Cloud PBX becomes an extension off of your existing Correct. PBX. Is that correct? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, most, most, most definitely. I, I would say that you know, in this whole view of transition, Microsoft has been, I think, very uh, intelligent and prescient in saying that a lot of the transitions or a lot of the initial deployments of cloud PBX will be what I call a hybrid type environment. You know, there is an existing communication system today. And that customer is going to slowly transition some piece or some pieces or employees 
to cloud PBX. And over time, as they get a comfort level with it, they'll start to transition more and more of that over over time, right? So, I, I could, so, yeah, so your, your endpoints are going to stand up instead of against the legacy PBX, they, they stand up to the cloud PBX over time. Correct. Uh, and then maybe the last thing to go is actually a cutover to PSTN coming out of the cloud PBX? They could. Right, they could do it. I mean, Microsoft offers that now in the U.S. and in the U.K. That's a big step, right? I mean, I think you know, data has shown that something like 3% of all the businesses in the United States will be all in the cloud you know, in the next three to five years. Okay, so we could play with those numbers. 5%, I don't know, give me, give me a number, 10%. It's still not the bulk. Okay, but yes, over time, yeah, absolutely could see it. You know, how long that'll take, uh, you know, if I had that uh, knowledge, I'd be a millionaire right now, and I'm not, so. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, anyway. Yes, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm, presumably I'm a lot older than you guys, so I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get there. But, yeah, I wish, you know. Yeah, Okay, so now the Sonus SBC is part of the equation here. It's got the cloud connector. If I understood you right, it's got the cloud connector on a board inside the uh, the SBC. So Correct. topologically, how is that fitting in? What calls are routing to that or through that? Give me a sense of how that works. Yeah, I mean, again, it's going to depend on exactly what you've got on-prem, but the SBC primarily sits on the edge of the network, the very edge of the network. And if you think about what an SBC does traditionally, primary role is basically to secure the edge of that network from denial of service attacks or toll fraud, right? So it's like the traffic cop right at the edge of that network, making sure that uh, no unauthorized access happens to the prem. Now, along the way, we say, okay, well, if it's sitting on the edge of the network and doing that, there's some other things here that it could logically do. And one of the things we talked about earlier was things like normalization of the dial plan, uh, as well as uh, some protocol translation. So if you have, uh, you know, TDM endpoints like a fax machine or, uh, you know, an emergency phone and you've got uh, an IP PBX, you know, H323, how do I get all those elements integrated together? I think a lot of PBXs do that already, but now let's take it a step further. Now you've got a multi-vendor PBX environment. So you've got a Cisco uh, call manager on one site. You've got Navaya IP office on another site. How do I get those two to play in the sandbox together? Well, the SBC does that as well. Now you're bringing in sort of this third element, right? We're saying cloud PBX. Microsoft as a, as a vendor, whether it's Skype for Business on-prem or it's in the cloud, um, they strongly recommend that you deploy uh, two SBCs at the edge of your network. You know, again, for some of the reasons we mentioned, but um, it is something that they strongly recommend you do. Um, so it's sort of a logical extension of that, right? You're just, it, 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 I think, as you said, Ethan, it's like an extension, or I would say it's more like another phone system at another mm. site. You know, so you've you've got call manager on one site, you've got an IP office on one site, and you've got cloud PBX on the other. How do I get all three of these to communicate together and everyone work in harmony? The SBC is the is the element that does that. Got it. Okay. And, and, and right, that was my familiar, as soon as you said SBC and you said, uh, you know, security, that, right, that was the first thing that came into my head that that's its primary use. And, and, and now it, it, dealing with all of these other things means it's the, the normalizing piece, the, the, you know, the glue that uh, interconnects all of your different uh, PBXs together and gives you an opportunity to have all the systems work in harmony, so to speak. 
Absolutely. And again, you know, one of the things, you know, we take this for granted, right? So we were talking earlier about using a, you know, a telephone line and, um, uh, you know, if you have a fax machine or you have an emergency telephone, which is so prevalent, but it's like not sexy technology, right? No one really quote unquote cares about them, but they do. Um, and let's say theoretically you got rid of your PBX. Now it's gone. I still need my fax machine. What do I do? Well, the FBC can take those connections directly into it um, and still allow everything to work in harmony. So in theory, right, as you start to transition, or I should say in, in actuality, as you make that transition and more and more you start to put the old legacy equipment out of service, you still have a device that has physical interfaces on it. And those physical interfaces can be, you know, FXS, FXO, they're, you know, uh, PRI, um, analog devices, right? So, so you have something that still allows you to retain the pieces you need to retain while making that slow transition to the cloud. It's why the SBC makes a lot of logical sense. And oh, by the way, we live in a world where cybersecurity is now at the top of just about everyone's mind. You know, the SBC is still a security device, right? So if you are an enterprise that is not using something like an SBC, um, I would urge you to reconsider that approach. It's a little like, you know, having your house burglarized and then installing a burglar alarm, right? I mean, a lot of businesses seem to think firewall and I'm done, right? And firewall is necessary for an IP, you know, data network. But when you start moving into the voice world, you know, we have instances, there was one very publicized event. I think it was in Georgia. It's a small firm that had been the victim of toll fraud to its IP PBX, where uh, a foreign uh, agent gained access to it and charged about $150,000 worth of unauthorized toll calls outside of the United States. And this company was forced to pay that. So if you're a you know, 10 person legal firm, you know, and you've got to lay out $150,000 to a you know, phone company because somebody had unauthorized access to your PBX, uh, that could be crippling. So, you know, we certainly urge or we say, you know, take a look at it from a security perspective first and foremost. Some of this other stuff, they're nice things to have. Um, and again, it makes logical sense for the SBC to consolidate all that functionality within it, just given its primary role of sitting on the edge of that network. You know, my eyes rolled in the back of my head a little bit ago because you said the words... I almost don't want to say them again, but you said fax machine. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Are we still supporting fax machines yeah, out was, there? Oh, we, hey, I'll tell you that I know at least one major university that had approached us about a use case of in, uh, incorporating thousands of emergency analog phones and or fire alarms that were uh mandated by you know legally mandated by you know the government to, to be in service and they're almost panicked what do i do how do i support them because i've made the decision to go to a cloud-based communication system or you know an all ip based or cloud-based communication what how do i integrate them they exist they exist and people don't want to acknowledge they exist but they're there you know they they're, they're still there and they're still very much in use um, and again, not sexy technology, but the SBC is a way to incorporate those while making that transition again to something like cloud PBX. So yeah, your eyes do roll back in, your, in the back of your head, but a necessary evil, unfortunately, right? 
So, so if I'm shopping for the the Cloud PBX, I'm I'm evaluating that product from Microsoft. Do can I approach Sonus first and say this is what I'm looking at? Can I can I buy the whole solution from you, or are you guys just the you know the SBC and Cloud Connect part of the solution? How does that work? Right, we're just the SBC and Cloud Connector part of the solution. At this point, I'd say that the the profile looks something like this. It's an enterprise that's already made the decision to go to Cloud PBX or they're already using Office 365 for other applications. Um, they may have Skype locally just for messaging collaboration, um, but they you know, are just as soon would get rid of that and use it in the cloud. They don't really care to keep it on-prem and they're not using it as a communication system. Then they would look at Sonus as a, you know, sort of the glue or the cheese that sits on the burger, right? That, you know, that that's the that would be the next step. It, it I mean, a high quality artisan cheese made from grass fed, free that's range right. cows, that kind of cheese. <laughs> they got it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You, you're not often going to find. I'm not saying it's not, you know, it's not a, a reality, but you're not often going to find sort of a. You know, an enterprise that said, yep, we're just going to, you know, we're going to go forward and, you know, call Sonus first. And now, now we're going to go to Cloud PBX. They, they've already, they're already there. They're already thinking about it very heavily. The only other case I could say, you know, where you might see something unique, we haven't seen too many of them. Microsoft hasn't seen too many of them, at least, you know, last I, I discussed with them, is a complete greenfield, you know, bootstrap operation. You know, in that case, you know, it makes a lot of logical sense to say, hey, let me get a Sonus Cloud Link appliance. It's already got Cloud Connector on it. I've got, you know, Verizon lined up to be my trunks to the prem, and that's what I the way I want to do it because I really don't want to use it in the cloud. Or I'm in a, in a location where I can't use it, right? Microsoft does not offer PSTNX in the cloud on a global basis yet. They have a plan to roll that out. But in the short term or in the immediate, they have it in the U.K. and the U.S. So if you're in a location where they don't offer it, you still need some kind of trunks coming into the prem. You know, if you're a, a greenfield operation, you could drop one of these Sonus Cloud Link appliances in, and then you know you have the PSTN coming into the prem, but you start using the or, or turning up the users in Cloud PBX, and away you go. But it's rare. You you, you won't see that too often. All right, thanks for that clarification. I wasn't. Uh, I, I understand there's a partnership that uh, Sonus and Microsoft have, but uh, but yeah, you're not a, a one-stop shop for the entire thing. You're, you're dealing with Microsoft, and then you're dealing with uh, Sonus, each for the appropriate component. Yeah, we're just there to facilitate sort of the transition, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, as I said, Microsoft strongly recommends that you put an SBC uh, in place when you're deploying Skype for Business, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud. So, so in a sense, you should already be thinking about it, again, to protect that network. But if you're now in a situation where you're 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 saying, okay, I think I want to go to Cloud PBX. I want to dip my toe in the water. Um, I'm not, you know, all the way there yet, but I'm ready to move forward. Deploying something like Sonus CloudLink will help, you know, really simplify that transition um, and allow them to do it, you know, at a very low risk to the organization, very minimal capital expenditures. And if they decided that it wasn't a way they wanted to go, they, they didn't put a lot out. If it is the way they want to go, the good thing is we can expand or we can grow with them very easily. In fact, um, our appliance will scale to 500 concurrent uh, Cloud PBX or Cloud Connector Edition calls, which is the maximum Microsoft supports uh, in a single, what they call a PSTN site or a single instance 
of Cloud Connector Edition working with Cloud PBX. So we scale up to their max, you know, and you could add more as you needed. So, you know, and that's a pretty good number of calls if you used, you know, even a five to one ratio. You're talking 500 concurrent calls is a 2,500 person shop. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? You know, and then you could add more as you needed. Um, you know, again, we think uh, Cloud PBX is is in the in the short term more geared to that small mid sized organization. So you know, a sub one thousand employee shop. But over time, we'll see that in the larger scale enterprises as well. You know, and we can scale depending on the size you know of that organization. So. Oh, Rich, we've had a really good discussion here about Cloud PBX, which I didn't know was a thing until uh, we started working with you on this show, uh, and the Sonus SPC and the Cloud Connector piece and how all of that works together so that you can transition from a PBX that's on-premises up to a PBX that's in a cloud. Um, so that's this, this is one of those shows where I said, I was like, huh, I did not know this was a thing, and I just learned something, and my brain kind of grew a little bit. So thank you for all of that. And if for the audience members, uh, Rich, where can they go if they want to learn more about this solution? Yeah, Ethan, you can go to www.sonus.net, click on solutions in the uh, bar at the top of the screen and look for Sonus Cloud Link for Microsoft CCE. And you'll be taken to a landing page where you can learn a lot more about the solution and also find some collateral that'll uh, help guide you accordingly. And uh, we have an audience that likes to read blogs and follow Twitter accounts and so on. Uh, do you are you active socially anywhere, Rich? I do blog for Sonus. So if you go to Sonus.net and look for Sonus Insights, uh, I have a few blogs posted there. Um, very topical to the discussion we had. A lot around Sonus Cloud Link and Cloud PBX. So take a look and uh, let me know if you have any feedback. Ah, thanks, Rich. Thanks for uh, joining us today on the show. Uh, Greg, any parting thoughts? You know my feelings on voice generally, but it does uh, <laughs> serve do. us well to remember that, you know, the curse of voice calls and the, the, the landline are going to be with us for, well, 30 or 40 years, I suspect. They're not going away anytime soon. And especially in uh, the, the places where the voice uh, landlines and, and physical circuits remain is in those regional areas, which are going to take a long time to catch up with change. The funding's just not there. The density of population's not there. And you're still going to see the, these solutions over time. The cloud works really well in the city and for areas which are well served by bandwidth, but you still need to solve these legacies. And there's any number of legacy issues. And Sonus has got a whole range of tools to actually make you bridge from that physical network into that cloud environment and keep it all together at once. It's actually surprising once you start picking away at the technology stack that they've got together and you can see a whole bunch of ways to, you know, maybe pick up the uh, pick up those people in your organization by the belt at the back of their trousers and drag them kicking and screaming into the future. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, well, our thanks to Sonus for sponsoring the show today, and our thanks to you for listening to Packet Pushers. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts, along with our community blog that's real engineers like you writing about their day-to-day -day experiences. That is all at PacketPushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers. You can find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook, rate us on iTunes. And last but not least, remember that too much technology would never be enough. <laughs>